Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And here at FCBC, you know how we say it. We live, we love, we serve. Amen. God bless. Don't sit down yet. I, I'm, now, this is a long passage of scripture. I may read it all. I may not. But I ain't been here in a minute. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just happy to be here. Let me tell you, let me say this again. I got to shout this out. Um, if you were not here, well, first of all, revival was amazing this past week. But I, I got to say this. Tuesday night was amazing. Wednesday night was amazing. Thursday night. I don't know if we've posted the sermon yet. I don't know when we have posted. They'll let me know. Maybe today, tomorrow. You will. It's on there. Is it up? Oh, good. Listen, you will do yourself good to watch that sermon from Thursday night. The title was, I Can't Let It Kill Me. And I got to tell you, Pastor Faison simply talked about stress and rest. It was one of the most impactful sermons I've heard in a, in a long time. It was amazing. So before I go further in the scripture, let's also shout out while I was gone, Pastor Trey and Pastor Lakeisha and Pastor Dez and, uh, for holding it down. We have an amazing team of preachers, and we thank God for them. Listen, uh, the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. Luke 24. I'm going to begin at verse 13 and, and see how we go. Luke 24, beginning at verse 13. And look, this is the first time in a long time we've had two back to two services. My God. It's good to see you all in now. I'm telling you. Luke 24, beginning at verse 13. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Here's how it reads. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. 
Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are. And how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Amen. Let's pray, beloved. God, we thank you, and we honor you on this day. There's so much, oh God, that we have today to be grateful for. Grateful for your presence. Grateful for your peace. Grateful for your provision. But God, today, we are grateful that the insanity of this world does not get the final word. We bless your name, O oh God. We bless your name, O oh God. We bless your name, O oh God. Thank you. Thank you. Some of us in here right now weren't sure we would make it to see this thing. We thank you. We were uncertain about what our lives would hold, but we're here. Thank you, God. Now, God, let your word go to work in this place. Let your word have its way. And we will get out of the way. And my God, let you be God all by yourself. Come now, Holy Spirit. Come now, Heavenly Dove. With all thy quickening power. Kindle a flame of sacred love in these cohorts of ours. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing. I'm just going to read a small portion of that so you won't stand much longer. Luke 24, beginning at verse 13, just a portion. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. I'm going to stop right there. Read it one more time. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus and about seven miles from Jerusalem and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. Amen. Do me a favor. Just turn to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, 
keep going, it's going to get better. Come on, turn to the other neighbor and tell him, neighbor, keep going. It's going to get better. Now put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. Keep going. It's going to get better. I won't be long. We got to get out of here today. We got another service. <laughs> there are some journeys that you will take in life that are not always triggered by joy. There are some journeys that you must take in life that are ignited by grief, trauma, sorrow, and yes, deep disappointment. Have you ever felt deep disappointment? The kind of deep disappointment that has a way at times of leading into deep depression and anxiety. These are journeys we would rather not take. We'd rather our journeys, our path, our way be shaped by joy and peace and all that is beautiful in life. But we've lived long enough to know that all of life is not always beautiful. There are, again, those moments that are ignited by grief and trauma and sorrow and disappointment and lead to depression. Grief is draining. Sorrow is draining. Disappointment is draining. Have you ever, I'm going to ask the question again, been deeply disappointed and deeply wounded and deeply hurt in such a way that it gives birth to a deep depression? Sometimes when you're in that phase, in that space, you're not always cognizant of even the time that passes by because the depression and the disappointment and the grief have such a stranglehold on your mind and your possibilities. You find yourself daily rehearsing the events that gave birth to the deep disappointment, grief, sorrow, agony, pain. Every day, it is like an ongoing loop in your mind of all the things that ignited that disappointment. You wake up thinking about the disappointment. You live throughout the day thinking about the pain. You even go to sleep. It is an endless cycle and loop. And at some point, it becomes extremely draining. Now, imagine if that disappointment was also birthed by expectations of a different day. Because sometimes I, I read that our disappointment is often disappointment because they were connected to expectations. That is what makes the disappointment deeper when you had expectations of a situation, expectations of a person, expectations that fell on the ground. And now the disappointment is deeper because you aided and abetted it with expectations that may have been unfairly heaped upon some people or just who you knew or thought them to be. I love the words that these two men, Cleopas and the other disciples, said to Jesus, unknowing that it, not knowing it with Jesus. He said, we had hoped that he was the one. 
I mean, how many times have you, when explaining the nature of your depression connected to your disappointment and sorrow, started with that? I had hoped that things would be different. I had hoped that things would be better. I had hoped that things would look differently. That's the expectation. And then the expectation is met with reality. And then when expectation and reality meet in a negative way, disappointment becomes the outcome. And their disappointment, though deep, did not paralyze them. Oh, you got to hear this part. Here's what the story says, that here they were hoping that Jesus was the one having seen, witnessed the crucifixion, his death. And yet they do not allow the disappointment to cause them to stay in the place of disappointment. I hope you caught this. That, that sometimes the disappointment is connected to a location, a place, a space. And oftentimes to move away from the disappointment, you must be willing to disconnect from the spaces that have ignited the disappointment that you have connected to the expectation that you also have. And they did not stay there. Sometimes when you stay in the place of disappointment, you deepen your anxiety and you get paralyzed by the pain and the hurt and you cannot move. You're not just stuck in a geographical place. You are stuck in a psychological place, an emotional place, a spiritual place, because you cannot get out of the place that has broken your spirit and broken your soul and given birth to an agony that sometimes seems where there is no healing. Yeah, they were broken. They had hope, but their hope did not cause them to stay stuck at the place of disappointment. Could it be that some of us deepen the nature of our anxiety because we remain stuck in places of deep disappointment? How do you break loose of the emotional connection to the disappointment if you remain in a space that's a constant reminder of what you are going through? Yeah, they were hurt, they were broken, but what did they do? They kept it moving. Oh, that's a word for somebody here today. When you caught in that endless loop, rehearsing and recycling your pain and your agony, don't stay stuck. Keep going. Look at somebody and tell them, keep going. You know why? Because you don't know who's sitting next to you right now. And you don't know what they've been dealing with this week. You don't know what they've been dealing with this year. You've been seeing them go here and there, to and fro, but you may not know they've been stuck in their mind and stuck in their thinking and paralyzed by their pain. Tell them, keep going. It won't stay like this. Oh, my God. That's the thing I love about this. They get up because the pain was too much to stay in the place of pain. And they made up in their mind, we're going to make our way to Emmaus. I wish I had time this morning. We got another surgeon. Watch this. Emmaus translates into, watch this, spring of salvation. Oh, God, you got to get that. They decided to leave the place of disappointment and make their move to the place of salvation. That's the decision you got to make. Not always knowing what will happen on the journey, but making up in your mind, no matter what, I cannot stay here. It is killing my soul and killing my spirit. And I got to move on. Look at somebody and tell them, keep going. Oh, my God, keep going. No matter how it may feel right now, keep going. No matter how deep it may feel, keep going. Don't let the disappointment, the grief, the sorrow, the agony, keep your feet planted in places that have tortured your spirit. Here they go. 
and they make up their mind. Oh, can you see Cleopas and his friend? I can't believe what we saw. I never thought that they could destroy him. I mean, in the midst of their deepest sorrow, and this is what you got to see, Jesus shows up. Oh, God. Somebody needs to hear that. In their deep bed of pain and emotional affliction, Jesus shows up. You didn't, you didn't catch that. Have you ever been in a place where you've been blindsided by God's presence? You didn't see it coming, but all of a sudden, in a very quiet way, unassuming way, God pulls up next to you in the midst of your pain to now not just say anything, but to remind you that you are not walking this thing by yourself. You are not going through it by, I wish I had somebody in here who could testify that there are the moments in your journey where God shows up. And the deep thing is that we don't always see or recognize God's presence. You want to catch this. It said that when Jesus showed up, they didn't realize who he was. And it said they, were, they could not see him. They knew he was there, but they could not see him. Maybe because their disappointment had blinded them from the fact that the one they were grieving over was right next to them. Oh, because disappointment is not only paralyzing, it's blinding. It can make you not see who is there. <laughs> I, I found myself praying prayers at times. You ain't going to believe it. Praying prayers at times where you say, God, help me. Yeah, we often say that. God, get me out. Yeah, we say that. God, deliver me. Yeah, we say that. But what about when you say, God, help me to see who's for me. Help me to see who's with me. Help me to see who's got my back. Because sometimes it is about God opening our eyes to know that you got more on your side than anything that can be going against you right now. Keep going. Keep going. You know, it's amazing. I often ask of this text, Deacon King, what if they had stayed where they were? Could it be that the revelation of divine presence came because they decided to keep it moving? Oh, hold on. Not only does God meet us in the deepest point of our struggle when we made up our mind to put one foot in front of the other and keep it moving. But sometimes, sometimes the revelation we need for the outcome we desire is connected to what we discover along the way, walking away from our space of pain and walking to our, our space of breakthrough. That's why I love this passage. Jesus shows up in the pit of their pain. And they begin to tell the stranger what had happened. They didn't realize who it was. But the deep thing is on the journey with him as he began to expound and teach him things, teach them things. I, I almost get a sense because I've been there. When you feel the presence of God in those seasons, you start feeling better. This ain't a complicated sermon this morning. Somebody just needed to know something. It's going to get better. 
it may not get better the way you think. It may be an unexpected arrival of a divine presence to reassure you that you do not walk this path alone. But I came this morning to tell somebody, keep going. It's going to get better. I don't know what is in particular nature of your crisis or your situation, but you need to hear today, keep going. It's going to get better. Because what you will realize that sometimes there's unexpected and unidentifiable possibility that is all around you. And you'll discover it as you keep going. Do not fall victim to the endless loop of agony you keep rehearsing over in your mind, somehow thinking that by rehearsing the loop of agony, you'll make yourself better. No, you'll actually just make yourself worse than you were before. It is one thing when you experience trauma. It is another thing when you keep rehearsing it. Can I help you understand something? The brain doesn't know whether you're living it or remembering it. Oh, you didn't catch that. Your brain doesn't know whether you're living it or remembering it. So as far as your brain is concerned, when you keep reliving it, your brain is experiencing it over and over and over and over again. Every time you think about the pain back then, your brain feels it afresh in that you missed that. Your brain feels it anew in that moment. That's why you can't keep the endless loop of the agony you've been through because you keep torturing yourself every time and reliving the scar, the trauma, the grief, the pain, the hurt, the agony, you got to reconcile in your spirit. I cannot stay here any longer. Oh, I, wish, I, I wish somebody could just feel this this morning. You can't stay there. And it may have been good for a moment, but it's crippling you right now. Keep going. Don't stop. It gets better. Tell somebody on your road, neighbor, it gets better. Keep going, it gets better. When anxiety and depression knock on your door, keep going, it gets better. When you find yourself on that rough patch in your journey, keep going, it gets better. When disappointment arrives at your doorstep, keep going. It gets better. I wish I had about a handful of y'all in here could identify. See, you've lived long enough to know that the more you keep on moving in life, the better it can get. It doesn't mean disappointment won't show up, but you can't stay in that place because you were not made for that place. You were made for the higher heights that God has called you to in your life, and you cannot remain in the place that is torturing your spirit. Keep going. That's what resurrection is about. That what seems bleak doesn't get the last word. What seems Painful won't have the last word. Those men felt broken, but Jesus showed up and reminded them of what God had said. And here's what I love. When they got to Emmaus, they still didn't know who he was. But watch this. They welcomed the presence in. They allowed the presence that had been accompanying them 
into their life. They said, no, don't go. Stay. Come and sit with us. What would have happened if they didn't make room for that presence? That's the other piece of disappointment. It can cause you to close door to possibilities of renewal. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody. You're so hurt. And instead of trying to seek freedom, you build walls. Because now you want to protect yourself from the pain. You, you tell yourself, you know the sayings, I'll never let this happen again. I, I won't let myself be this vulnerable again. I won't, I won't find myself in this compromising position again. I won't give that person the keys to my soul again. And here's the problem. When you have that attitude, you ain't just keeping the brokenness away. You could be keeping the healing away. You're not getting this. Jesus would have remained a stranger had they not welcomed him in. Y'all missed that praise and worship song this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Oh. And when they let him in, they found out how better it could get. They provided the meal. They set the table to welcome him in. And then as he motioned to pick up the bread, <laughs> y'all missing this. Those hands. Didn't just look familiar. They were a little bloody. And they started thinking, could this be? Because they thought he was gone. But when he broke the bread and blessed it and dispersed it, they said, my God, he's been with us all the time. They were never alone. It was when they let him in that he demonstrated who he was. And they recognized. And look at the language. Can I get King James for a second? Did not our hearts burn as he sat with us? We'll translate that. Didn't he set us on fire? That's the key. Somebody needs to notice this morning. If nothing else about resurrection, it gets better. 
it will get better. This season will get better. Your journey will get better. Your life will get better. The insanity, the pain, the heartache will not have the last word. It gets better. So what do you do? Keep going. Keep moving. Keep living. Keep believing. Keep dreaming. Keep hoping. Because I know it will get better. May not be the same. The truth is you don't want it to be the same. You want it to be better than before. Better. Come on, beloved, stand on your feet. Resurrection Sunday is about the birth of new possibility. The birth of a new day, new life, new moments, new mercies, new. You can't embrace this day and not believe that things will get better. And can I tell you this? If you keep on living, you'll always have these Emmaus Road moments where you'll be walking with that pain at times and walking with that hurt. That's life. But I know all of you in here today can testify to this. Things may not be good right now, but you've had other moments like this. And you came out and you came through and then when you look back, you realize, you know what? I'm better now than I was before. Because I came through this season. Keep going. It really does get better. Now, here's what I want you to do. As I pray, I want you to pray, but not for yourself. I want you to hold in your thoughts, in your mind, in your spirit, Someone you know needed to hear this today. Someone you know, hold them in your thought, in your spirit, in mind, who you know needed to hear this today. Keep going. It's going to get better. You know this person. You've seen their tears. You've seen their sadness. You've seen their hurt. You've seen them crippled by the pain. You've seen them paralyzed by the pain. You've seen them in that stuck season. But now you're going to hold them up in a different way. You're going to believe not just with them, but for them as well. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Hold them in your spirit. Hold them in your thoughts. God, thank you. Thank you, God. Sometimes, oh Lord, when we're in those seasons... Where we can't see past the deep disappointment. We forget your presence. You've been there all the time. And we thank you. God, right now, we lift up those, O oh Lord, who are 
stuck in their places of pain. They can't dislodge or disconnect from those spaces that are destructive, toxic. We lift them up now, friends and family and loved ones. Remind them right now, O oh God, that your presence has always been there. That maybe in this season to gain the greater and deeper revelation of your presence, that they got to get unstuck and start moving forward with life and moving forward with this journey and moving forward with the progress. And just maybe when they make the decision to move forward, they'll feel you and experience you anew and afresh. Thank you, God. For reminding us that sometimes, as Jesus demonstrated, the breakthrough is in the breaking. In these moments that we feel broken, as Jesus demonstrated with them, after the breaking, there's the blessing. And then the expansion of possibilities. God, thank you for that. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And we are grateful for this resurrection day. Because the insanity of this world does not get the last word. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And we say amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise on today. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.